Welcome back, everybody. You are now tuned in to episode three, episode D Wade, episode AI. I'm TJ, along with my dope co host, Paris. What is up? What's good? You are now listening to Life is a Sport. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're at home listening to us. We appreciate that. So, what's good, Paris? You good? Oh, man. Going crazy out here. Being an essential worker is, like, hard right now. Do you understand? I believe it. I believe it. I I can. I can. Because you got to trust everybody else. It ain't ain't you. It's everybody else you got to (laughs) watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming in contact with, like, 50 to 60 people a day. And, like, at their houses, you know, their homes. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. <laughs> Did they even just wash their hands before they open the door, you know? So it's, it's, it's risky on a lot of parts. But um, uh, it's draining. And I'm people need to go back to the malls, please, because I'm tired. <laughs> I know. Uh, it was somebody. I forgot. I forgot who I was uh, looking at. It was probably on IG or something. But it was like... When the quarantine is over, don't don't say it so loud because some people need to still be quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's true. It is. I hate to be hate to be that guy, but yeah, it's true. So not everybody needs to be out and about. No. And uh, like just even with that being said, that kind of just leads right into the next topic. Actually, without even trying, because May is Mental Health Month. And um, mental health is a serious thing. Shout out to this dude, uh, David McCullough, man. He, uh, he has a mental health gym. And I haven't looked into it, really. But I'm a, I'm a big advocate of um, therapy, dog. I, I am because of, I've been to therapy. Uh, I think it helps tremendously. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to uh, be, I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't feel ashamed. Because you have to get that shit out, man. Because stress and anxiety is a real thing. Uh, I I do not suffer from stress and anxiety. Well, everybody gets stressed, but uh, you, I think you have to figure yourself out, and you have to sometimes do that by getting it out. And so I'm a I'm a big advocate for getting your mental right, man. Because if you don't got your mental right, the body means nothing. So uh, I'm I'm a huge advocate for that. And then, too, um, I got a pistol the other day. So when I was getting the pistol, I was like, okay, I made a mental note. Like, let me see how many mental health-like questions on here. It was one. <laughs> one. It was one question asking about one's mental. It was more questions about are you a citizen of the United States or Alabama or whatever. It was more geared towards are you a citizen, are you an alien versus the mental. And like, because I I was like, okay, I knew I was going to get it. And I was like, let me just kind of see because I just found out that May was Mental Health Month. So I was like, well, that's great. Let me see what's on this application. Nah, that has to change. Like, that has to change. And I know there's no way to actually do a physical check because people can lie, but still, that, 
Yeah. We live through a in a nation where getting a cosmetology license is harder than <laughs> getting a gun. It takes you six months to get a barber's license. Yeah, well, I know this and then too, the background checks have shortened. Well, uh, or I guess that's what kind of what the guy was kind of explaining to me. He was like, and I guess with everything going on, but what he was explaining to me, he was like, man, we've sold more guns during this pandemic, but the requirements are not as strict. And then he was like, they really wasn't all that strict to begin with. But now, because I'm used to, I've, I've bought numerous guns. I'm used to handing them my driver's license and my pistol license because they want two forms of ID to make sure everything kind of matches up or whatever. And so I had, I went to go handle my two forms of ID. He was like, nah, I just need one. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> so we're already in a, in a pandemic where people are going crazy. But now you're shortening this, I guess, background check and making it even easier. So now you need a driver's license. <laughs> wow. And yeah. With mentally ill people suffering every day, it's just easy for them to get a gun. Like it's nothing. Yeah, have a driver's <laughs> license. Just going up to the counter. <laughs> <laughs> have a, you know, get get have a few hundred dollars, two hundred, two hundred dollars in a driver's license and get you a pistol. <laughs> That's crazy. Legally, <laughs> legally. So yeah. And but. And, like what you're saying with mentally ill, um, this month of May being that month uh, of awareness, I um, definitely agree on being an advocate um, for that because um, it is hard, um, especially my age, um, being a black woman in America. <laughs> we're definitely underappreciated more than anyone on this earth, I believe. But anyways... Um, Alex Baldwin, are you familiar with him? I am the Saturday Night Live guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a comedian, right? Yeah, but see, I'm old. I don't remember Alex Baldwin the comedian. I remember Alex Baldwin in like the Showtime movie and stuff like that. But yeah, I know I know who he's he the one that portrays Donald Trump all the yeah. time. Okay, yeah. so he basically said that only the mentally ill would vote for Trump this next election term. And um, yeah, it's been sending people livid. But to me, he's a comedian. What's the big deal? Uh, I'm a, again, you know, I'm old and you are greatly appreciated. Let me put that out there. So don't ever feel like you're not appreciated. So, but uh, I am, I'm, me and Tiffany, we was guy. It's crazy. We was watching Martin. We was uh, on our way to. Uh, we was on a trip, and uh, whenever we're on a trip, she bought me uh this the Martin seasons right, and so we just kind of pop it in to kind of pass time on the trip. And when you take those jokes that came from back then and put them in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. no way Martin survives. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Because everybody's so sensitive. No way Martin survives. Fresh Prince will survive. 
no way Martin survives because it was like hearing the jokes that him and Pam cracked on each other <laughs> and and uh the 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 homosexual guy, uh Army, Almond, you so Almady, you know, the the one the tall brother who was uh playing playing the homosexual guy. Uh he he did he was in a few shows uh on Martin, but one in particular when he's in the DMV mm-hmm. and the guy kind of rolled up on him and be like, oh, you so almond, I'm going to call you Almond Joy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just going to be my little almond. <laughs> my... <laughs> like, no way that joke survives 2020. <laughs> like, no way that joke survives 2020. No way. And that, but that's, well, I, I, I'm the, you know, Red Fox and Richard Pry. No way. Do they survive 2020? And to me, I don't think those jokes are harmless, but it's just the world that we live in. But what I will say, a Caucasian saying that comes off better than an African American saying it, right? Of course. But, but is it's a double standard, you know, it, it is because, you know, that just like in the world where men can do things, women can't. Well, it is like that with races also, you know, it's kind of like this world, this nation, uh, however you want to categorize it, uh, just us, period. It's always a black white issue. And the Asians and the Latinos are just kind of like standing on the sideline trying to pick a side, right? (laughs) But in the same sense, it's a double standard because Alec Baldwin can make that about Trump, but an African-American can't do it. Like, he can do it and not get ridiculed. People will get mad, but it won't go over the top and say, Somebody else like let's Adia Hughley do it. <laughs> like you have certain African Americans who could do it, but they have to be in a certain realm. Like Will Smith could do it, but he won't do it. Right. <laughs> but Adia Hughley can't do that, you know. But he's a comedian also, so that's that's kind of the world that you're in. It just is. That's the world that you're in. And it sucks sometimes. But, you know, that's that's just what we are with it. And I really have no answer to fixing it. You know, it's, I wish I did. But I, what I want to know is, why do people get living at Alec Baldwin? Because he's been doing this for four years now. Yeah, I don't understand if it was because of May being, you know, the mental health month or they just need a reason to be mad at someone. Yeah, yeah that, that's a reason. Like, first of all, <laughs> mental health is not a month. Mental health is, you know, if you don't get mad at him doing this joke in April, I mean, in May, you have to get mad at him doing it in April. Right. <laughs> you know, like, that, you can't just do that, but... uh that's not the first time that joke has been done. So, but, but 
But <laughs> I will say this. Uh, the media spins things the way that they want to spin it sometimes. And sometimes it's hilarious when they spin it in a certain way. From a hilarious standpoint, when they ask people, you know, who voted for Trump, blah, blah, blah. And then they would be like, with the whole Russia thing happened. <laughs> and it was like, hey, where's Russia? Nobody knew where Russia was at. And they would be like, okay, where's China? Like, I forgot the guy's name, but he was standing out there with a map. And uh, he asked, well, you know, you heard about the whole thing with China or North Korea or whatever. And, and then people was like going off. Oh, yeah, North Korea sucks, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, well, where's North Korea? And people was pointing to like, Hawaii and stuff like that. <laughs> like so, it, you know, his his voters, you know, could be funny, but the people who do have their head on straight and you know they voted for Trump, you know, they're cool. But I will say this: we we do need to vote. We really do need to vote and uh, yes, just try to make the best of it. And like for me. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say I'm indifferent about it because I'm not because it's a very important thing but I'm more worried about K. Ivy, you know and <laughs> that's that's why I'm more worried about this is her doubtfire. <laughs> yeah than, than Trump because you know Trump can can stroke a pen and it really don't affect me any but you know K. Okay, okay, she's she's a different one. Kay's Folks, different. Listen, <laughs> Kay's different, man. So, uh, but you know, that's just where we're at. But I do think America needs to do more about uh, mental health crisis because of you know things things of this type of nature, man. Like, who are the people getting the guns? Who are the people voting? Who are you know? the people living next to you. And just going through this quarantine, social distancing era with this coronavirus situation, there are a lot of people who are dealing with depression, you know, you know, losing yeah. your jobs, you know, some people who have started small businesses, you know, and don't know what's to come next, you know, and it has put them in deep places, dark places. And um, I'm glad that there's so much awareness of, of it now with people that are at home that have time to kind of sit down and, you know, ponder on it and, and try to find ways to get better with it versus just, you know, kind of just burying the situation. Oh, most definitely. Because you do have people who are, you know, like you just said, they are, they just lost their job and they go home to an empty house or apartment, which makes a recipe for disaster, right? And because you can't talk to anybody. And when you get on social media, even though we're in this pandemic, everybody's still on social media looking good, right? So, right. <laughs> which is a third ingredient to that disaster, <laughs> And then, so you you have two or three platforms that you get on, 
and everybody seems happy and cool, which, you know, you can't do your social media to be like, oh, well, somebody may see this and get, you know, depressed. You can't do that. You have to still run your page. But on the flip side of it all, that does add fuel to the fire of a person who will be like, man, I don't feel like seeing this shit. They're not going to cut it off, <laughs> but they're going to go to the extreme. Like, the here's the thing with computers and phones and all this stuff that I never understood. I'm not going to say cyberbullying is not real. I don't have the power. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the research to say it's not real. I only have my logic, which is my logic. My logic on it, cut the computer off. <laughs> you don't have to log into it. You pick your friends on it, right? You don't have to befriend people who are mean to you. You don't have to follow people. You don't have to let them follow you and if they're mean page. to you, <laughs> right? And, and that's the one that I've never understood about that. Like, if you don't like it, cut it off. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. They take there and they 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 sit there and they take it and they be depressed even more. And next thing you know, you just spend two hours scrolling, being depressed. Right. With they, you know. They allow it got, to build up. Yeah, yeah. They they allow it. So sometimes you know it's a lot. Sometimes it can be self inflicted, and then lo and behold, God forbid that that ex he or she is then moved on with their life and you now you became a stalker and now you just no job depressed and can't go nowhere and your ex is living their best life like that's so get off social media man if you're if you're in that state like get off of it Ooh. don't do it to yourself because <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than seeing that ass. Don't let her have that pool on her. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Woo, man. He ain't going to take that too well. Man, don't, don't do it to yourself, dog. <laughs> do not go into the light. <laughs> do not go into the light. Like, go, go follow a, go follow an Instagram <laughs> model, dog. Like, do not do that to yourself. There's yeah, a whole true. lot of there's a whole lot of lot of models that that'll please you visually and, and virtually. So, he said virtually. Oh yeah, man. Gotta get you how you can now. Yeah, man. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it. it Pornhub it if you got to, dog. You go just do whatever you gotta do to make yourself feel better. And this I mean it's a serious issue. But if you're gonna, if you need the phone in your hand and you need entertainment, right? And social media is not the place for you if you're in a depressed state, because out of the one motivational quote that you may get on social media, it's gonna be ten. Let me shit on you, folks. <laughs> like, look at what I'm doing. Like, okay. it's people stunning in the house, and like, and I've noticed that too about some chicks. Like, all oh, them damn. Pictures they was posting on them trips, yeah, always at the beach. A lot of them went took place in the in the kitchen and in, in uh in the bedroom and, and bathroom and all that stuff. Now ain't no more beach pics, so that's uh you know people. But they got a full face of makeup on. I'm like, what in the hell, bro? Hey man, you know how much Instagram paying? 
I don't know how much they're paying, but I heard they're paying a lot. Well, full face it beat it is. <laughs> hey, they be sitting there in the kitchen, don't shit be in the skillet. But that thong gone and that makeup <laughs> on, them checks gotta keep rolling in, felt like them checks gotta keep coming. Don't Not shit be in that tummy. skillet. Don't shit. Don't shit be on that laptop. Like, man, <laughs> listen. Go to Pornhub, man, and and try to bottle your emotions like that. Just stay off of it. Stay off of the the people. Just eat random for a while until you, you get back on your feet, man. And it'll be okay. It'll be okay. But, and I'm going to tell you one person, like, and this follows up into the next subject. One person you don't want to follow. <laughs> if you are in that state of mind, that damn Jeff Bezos. <laughs> like fell right into the next one. Like that damn Jeff Bezos is not who you want to be following in this state of mind right here. And yeah. man, what did I say? Like he was going, yeah, 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 yeah. Amazon trying to uh, trying to save AMC. What you think about that? The the movie theaters. If anybody um, can do it, they can do it. <laughs> first of all, Amazon is. I work for DHL. They working our ass, but they Amazon, they working working. <laughs> like, we working, but they working working. So, Jeff is definitely putting these people to, like, the extent to make sure that his money, what is he worth? Like, trillion? He's the first trillionaire now? Nah, man, you got five more years to reach a trillion. Like, yes, he's <laughs> yeah. on the track to be the first trillionaire. Yeah. And he's doing it at every cost, every angle. And yeah, honestly, he can do it. He can yeah. save AMC. Yeah, I uh I actually I sent this to my cousins like a while back, but it's uh it's actually on YouTube for free now. But PBS did a uh documentary. It was called a uh uh The Rise and Reign of Jeff Bezos. If you uh, go to YouTube Type that in, and it's like a two-hour doc, but it's well worth watching to understand Jeff Bezos and the empire he's built and how much he's into your life, like real shit, like how much of your life Jeff Bezos knows about. It's definitely worth watching to see that because of, have, have you watched it? Have you seen it? No, I definitely need to check it out. Definitely check that out, man, because Jeff Bezos' thing, like, he started out selling books. Like, Amazon was just straight books. He wanted to be the biggest online bookstore. Just, and I, I made this short. But he wanted to be the only, the, the biggest online bookstore. Him and his wife, they quit their jobs on Wall Street, moved out to Seattle, and now, you know, boom. They had the, they, he, he succeeded. He was the biggest uh, online bookstore. Then he started getting deals with like Walmart, Target, and all those guys. But here's the thing. Walmart and Target, they thought that they was getting the, the better end of the deal. No. Jeff Bezos didn't give a shit about what they were selling. He only wanted their data. He wanted to know how many people went to their website, what they was buying, how long it was on there. All of that data, he collected it because they signed a contract with him. So when they tried to leave, he was like, okay, fuck it, bye. 
I got all y'all data. <laughs> right. So that's how he became so wealthy. He his whole thing is data. So uh fast forward a few years, he ends up getting a deal with the CIA. The CIA was like, hey, you know, let us store all our stuff in your cloud, like the iCloud and all these clouds that you have. Mm-hmm. Well, all these clouds that we have is stored under the Amazon cloud. So the people was like, well, shit, if the CIA can trust Amazon with it, well, shit, we'll just trust y'all with it too. So uh, Apple, T-Mobile, AT&T, Sprint, CIA, Walmart, Target, everybody, whatever company you can think of has it stored up under the Amazon cloud. And now, guess what Amazon has now? All of your data. And they escalated. Well, how do people know when they're signing up? They was like, whenever you create an Amazon login, you agreed to it. Wow. So, yeah. Whenever you create an Amazon login, you just agreed for him to hey, because his thing is, if I know what you guys, if I know y'all's daily activity, if I know how y'all work, because he also was smart, and I recommend people do this all the time is. He hired people who were smarter, not smarter than him, but smarter than him in certain fields. So there was people who used to work at the White House, working for the Obama administration. He snatched them up. Hey, come work for Amazon. And it was like scientists and people like that. So this whole artificial intelligence thing, Alexa, whenever that blue light comes on on Alexa, somebody's listening to your conversation. And they had to admit to that. But Here's the thing. It was a lot of times when people weren't saying Alexa. Their blue light was just flicking on. <laughs> exactly. They use it in um, court cases and stuff like that as well, too. Murder so, trials. But uh, So they was like, well, how come y'all didn't tell people this in the beginning? They finally admitted to it, but they was like, oh, well, you know, they, oh, boy, he gave a roundabout answer. But is not even for the court case where police use it, but he was just like, I just want to know what they're doing, how they're doing it, so I can give them what they don't know they want. <laughs> that, that's it. Like, he wants to present to you what you don't know you want. Jeff Bezos is a space guy. Like, he wants to create this capsule that holds a million people, but he wants, like, multiple capsules. And he wants it to be in space. He wants it to rotate a certain way. Like he he's done presentations on it a thousand times, and this is on the documentary too. But he had he created something called Blue Moon or something like that, and it's a capsule where it holds a million people, and it's like cities inside this capsule. That's what he wants to do. What's the purpose behind that? Because Earth is going downhill. Oh, so he sees it too. Oh yeah. Where all the riches <laughs> yeah, gonna be at? All the millionaires <laughs> gonna be there. Yeah, million yeah. millionaires. Yeah, him and uh, him and Bill Gates definitely know. They yeah, they definitely in cahoots, and they definitely know. You know what? Yeah, this shit probably got about mm, two hundred more years, and it's a wrap. <laughs> Which so. is crazy. You said that because I was what did you saying all the stuff that he was um that he was coming up with made me think of Bill Gates. So it was like Bill Gates. Would you say he's the Magic Johnson and Jeff Bezos is is Michael Jordan? I would. That's a guy of 
uh, black dude on YouTube. He's a tech guy, I, and I, I love him, Marquise Bolin. And uh, he interviewed, uh, he he interviews uh, Elon Musk and and they're all all those guys. I would say Elon Musk is probably the Steph Curry, and I think those three are gonna figure this: how can we live on space thing out eventually, and mm-hmm. sooner than later. Because me and Tiffany just had this conversation. It was, I asked her, okay, so if I, I listened to this guy, uh, Neil DeGrice Tyson, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, but he's the astrophysicist. And I've listened to him in my spare time when I'm trying to decompress. And so he, uh, he was like, okay, well, if we can, Mars is most Earth-like. It's not Earth but it's more Earth-like, right? So if we have all our top scientists trying to figure out how to turn Mars into Earth, why can't we put them to work on Earth to say, okay, what can we do to correct all the wrong we've done? Because all signs point to humans destroyed Earth, like what we're doing, it, it destroyed it. And climate change is, you know, is, is very, very real. If you look at the studies and look at how long it is when it rains, and he was like, what's going to happen is it's not going to happen all at once. He was like, you know, the tide was washing up on the beach. Well, sooner or later, the tide is going to wash up on the sidewalk. And then sooner or later, the tide is going to wash up on your doorstep. And then you're going to really have a problem. So it's going to happen over time, but the things that happen is going to be more and more extreme when it happens. So it, the the time in between rains are just going to be longer in the summer, and the time when then when it does rain, it's going to rain like now. I remember it's like damn, it's been raining for six damn days, but then it won't rain for like two weeks, <laughs> right? Like I've seen that. So, yeah, you know, so you like it's just going to get worse and worse. But you know, that's I. He said the dangerous thing about climate change is when you have uh, elected officials who don't believe in it and they make the laws that don't support you know uh, that's not in the best interest of the people and the planet so we got some soul searching to do because uh, the way things are looking from, from my understanding I'm nowhere near as smart as some of those guys are in this field but I remember uh, listening to him once, and it, he, he broke it down to where I remember I calculated it up. When Tristan gets 80, the earth will, it'll be hard for crops to grow. Really? Like, yeah. Like, that's, that's how I calculated it up. I won't be here. You know, my plan is 100, and I'm out. So... <laughs> so by the time Tristan get 80 I, I won't be here because I remember I was saying well shit how old would I be yeah I got a hundred mark I'm trying to hit a hundred and y'all can have it <laughs> but but uh, I remember I remember like damn Tristan be like 80, 81 and he was like then around that time it would be hard for crops to grow and sustain because of climate change that's crazy to even think of to even imagine that like that would be that <laughs> yeah. wow 
Yeah, man. So, you know, I think you you guys like Jeff Bezos and um, you know, Bill Gates and all them, they'll figure it out. But, you know, sooner or later, they won't be here anymore neither. <laughs> so who's gonna be that those next inventors and those next mad scientists and mad thinkers to to come along and, and get it right? Well, I guess that goes into your next subject because um I guess we can find them on Twitter somewhere since people are working from home now. Yeah. I still like Twitter, man. People give Twitter a bad rap. I love but, Twitter. Yeah. But see for me though, and I use it just for information because I'm old. I get yeah, I'm old. Like I I, I do do Instagram and Facebook, but Twitter is like I guess Twitter now is like how people used to watch the news. Like the five o'clock news. Exactly. Like that's that's how I use Twitter. I use Twitter. The, Twitter is my five o'clock news. <laughs> All the breaking news is right there. You don't have to it's listen right to there. the depression either. Yeah, it's just right there. <laughs> so like the people who I want to, okay, I, I trust their news source. I know your guys won't. <laughs> so Whoa. if Woj ain't reported, it ain't true. It ain't true. <laughs> but uh. That like that, I I would line them up and be like, okay, let me look at this feed, this feed, this feed, this feed. Okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, boom, I can get all the news in three minutes. <laughs> Real talk, I love Twitter. Yeah. Like, I, it's probably the most like the app that I'm on the most out of everything. I I really haven't even been on Instagram for for lately because it's the same stuff, especially with this Corona stuff going on. Like you said, a lot of perpetrating in the house. <laughs> flexing yeah. i'm drinking 1942 in the on the couch blah 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 you know like yeah I, let me go on twitter <laughs> twitter keeps you entertained like you said the news is right there and um it just <laughs> the sense of humor like god knew what he was doing when he invented twitter <laughs> uh the golden age of twitter had to be uh i would probably say 2010, 2011, like oh, when yes. Fab and all that was on there hard. Yes. The golden age of Twitter was back then when Fab was like on there. Fab used to be the funniest guy on Twitter. Yeah. Like be- before Lil Duval. And <laughs> like, uh, you can't forget the, the Gucci uh, rant. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was the golden era. That was the golden era. And then I think, didn't Anita Baker get into it with somebody? Ah, yeah, I can't remember who was it. I can't oh. remember who she got into it with, but Anita Baker got into a Twitter beat. So, yeah, yeah, it was lit. Yeah. Man, that was the golden age of Twitter, but it still rise though. It still rise. <laughs> but shout out to Twitter, man, for keeping it going, and uh, they're gonna let their workers work from home for forever if they want to, man. So that's dope to me. Yeah, that is. But speaking but, of work. I, <laughs> yeah, man. That's why I get ready to say, dog. What's up with your boy, Dak? Oh, first of all, do you really, honestly think that this man has turned down a five-year, hundred and seventy-five million dollar contract? Man, I'm from the west side of Florence, Alabama. Don't shit shock me <laughs> like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> In the eighties and nineties, grew up on the west side of Florence, Alabama, and I love it. But like that to me, shit, that that prepped me for life. Like, nah, don't shit shock me. 
if he turned it down, yep, I believe it. <laughs> I mean, it just like the the clues, the context of it. You know, it's just kind of like it's not adding up to me. You know, like why would they just put this story out there and you haven't heard from him? And it's not like they're, you know, like. But you haven't heard from Dak the whole time, though. True, but Dak's still been doing Dak. He remember he had the little party with he he was with Zeke and some other uh, females. Yes, (laughs) he went on other players. (laughs) (laughs) The little little COVID nineteen party. So he's been doing his thing. He's been working out. Yeah, with Dez. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. He's been out there. So. You, I would think he would say something at this point or have a spokesperson, something. But it just doesn't add up to me. And we don't know how much guarantee. And you're saying, what, 45 mil a year? I don't know, man. I don't know. This, I really this, don't know. All right. And, like, you've been playing to get the money. And now it's like all of a sudden you're turning it down. It doesn't seem right and like they sign Andy Dalton to his little one year deal and he's just chilling like oh okay wait to see what's going to happen next what is Dak waiting on though what is Dak waiting on that's why I'm saying it doesn't make sense why would he be waiting on something like that if he's been talking about money the whole time is it because his brother I'm hoping it's not because his brother's situation like I said much respect to his family and prayers for that his brother losing his life but you know, why would you sit on that if you want to if get a high pay? If it's true. If it's true. If it's true. I don't know, man. Um, Adam Shelf said, Sheffy said it ain't true. That that was fake news. So, I don't know, but I think Dak lost leverage in this negotiation, though. You think that's what it is? I think he lost leverage. Like, the Andy Dalton joint. Like, if it would have been Fitzpatrick, okay, you can – all right. But they signed Andy Dalton, and with that offense now, you you add C.D. Lamb, still not a Michael Gallup fan, but you add C.D. Lamb, you got Amari, you got Zeke. Andy Dalton can make that work. Well, let, so, let me okay. say let, let me say this: you can make it work with Andy Dalton, <laughs> right? Okay. Way. Yeah. So, in other words, Jerry has his other yeah. little Romo again, basically. I wouldn't say Tony Romo, but I will say uh, a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. I would say if this was phase Jerry. Has the king of spades? I want to say he, I want to say he got a joker, but I would say he got a king of spades. Okay. Now, I would say that he don't got a big joker or a little joker, but he does got a king of spades. I'm still taking back over Andy any day. I'm me still too. riding for it. Me still too, ride. but me too. But now with the way that the offense has been constructed. Andy Dalton was making it work with one receiver. He now has three receivers and a running back. And a tight end. Yeah, and yeah. He decent. Which we're, uh, I'm sorry to kind of go off subject, but if we're going to talk about 
receivers. How do you feel about CeeDee Lamb taking 88? I think it was forced, man. I don't – because he came out saying he didn't want it. Me too. And then, you know, you give it to him, and that number should be retired. Um, should have been, it should have been retired before Dez was able to get it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't even think it fits him. At all. No, it so. don't. It, it don't even fit him, man. Like, when you talk about swag and look, you know, certain numbers look right on certain people. You know, so 88 don't look right on CD. And I ain't even seen it on him yet. But, you know, I would say more so of a, a 12 or a 17 or something like that. But, um, nah, I'm not a fan of that at all. But I do think it was forced. So, uh, yeah, I agree. it sucks. It sucks. I agree. But I definitely do not believe that this situation with Dak is true. I just think it's a whole bunch of just riffraff. Um, I don't know why they would do it at this time, but um, I definitely it's just very fishy to me. Mm. We'll see, man. We'll see what Dak waiting on because I damn sure don't know because he shouldn't be the highest paid, but you do know next year somebody is about to offset the market and he's out there in Kansas City. So, I understand where Dak is coming from, but you can't play another year. You got by by the blessings of whoever your God is. You know, you know I don't like to disrespect people because I don't know their religion. But uh, you got by without getting hurt, and which was a tricky, tricky, and very, very, very dangerous thing to do, especially in the NFL, because he could have easily tore ACL or something. And does not get nothing, so you're gonna have to sign something because you can't go a, a, another year without some kind of security, right? So, but speaking of a person who lives off of one year deals, Mike go Jeffrey Jordan. My god, was he a bully? Was Mike a bully? No. Uh, I was crying with Mike when he said, "If if you didn't like my mentality, if you didn't agree with my mindset, then I I can't be with you. I I can't I can't deal with you." And he had so much passion. That's what it was. Like he had the determination to win at all costs. Like I'm hating these. Like Horace Grant coming out with this, talking about he didn't do the rumors with the Jordan rules. Like he didn't give the information to the, you know, the authors or um, saying somebody said Scottie Pippen was livid because how Michael Jordan was portrayed on the man. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Basically, that's how I feel because I'm riding with Mike. Mike was a different breed, and what Mike did and how Mike operated. Uh, it's it's he's the greatest. He's the greatest. So to say he was a bully, hell no, hell no. I'll say this. I'm I'm definitely not gonna say he's a bully. I, I I totally understand the tactic. I'm not gonna say that. Definitely not gonna say he's a bully because 
you look at that documentary and he's signing everybody's autograph. And people want to make the Michael Jordan, LeBron comparisons to where, well, LeBron got to do it with social media. Man, Mike cannot, I'll say this, and people may call me crazy. LeBron and Savannah can walk down the street and he would have people come up to him, but it wouldn't be like that. He wouldn't need security. No way Mike in the 90s could have walked down the street at all. Like, no way could he have just stepped foot out of, out of a door. I think LeBron has a little bit more freedom. He can walk around. He can do this, that, and the third. No way Mike can do that. No way Mike could be in a club. Like, no way. So, Mike had a lot. He he had a lot of pressure on him, man. And I understand when you want to win so badly because all the greats have that. People can say they don't, but when you even look at the coaches, again, Nick has that. Urban Meyer has that. Uh, your your Vince Lombardi's, your your Bill Belichick's, the the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryant's, they all have that. That listen, I'm I'm gonna get in your ass, but I'm gonna pat you on the butt when you do good. And I need to know how tough you are. Sounds childish that I need to know how tough you are, but yeah, you kind of need to know. So. I'm not going to call him a bully. I understand it. I can't say that that way doesn't work because it got Mike six championships, got Kobe five championships, got Nick five or six championships, got Urban <laughs> three championships. So can't say it don't work. It's just I think, and I hate to use the word, we live in a sensitive time. But you gotta, you need to be tested like that. Yeah, I think you really do need, I think you need that test because I think it's one of those, if you can't handle what I'm gonna do to you, then what the next person gonna do to you really gonna fuck you up. So, and and that's exactly what Mike was saying. Like, for instance, the situation with Steve Kerr. When he was in practice and he said that Phil started calling these chip chap um fouls and he's like, No, why why are you gonna call these fouls in here? Cause you're gonna just baby him in here and when he play play the Knicks or when we play the Pacers, they gonna get in our ass because you're trying to be light with him right now. Oh, and yeah. Mike saw that. Yeah, John Stark's definitely gonna give Steve Kerr an elbow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and Mike saw that and that's what Mike brought out of them and what I took from the most was at the end when he said when they said that Phil had got like told them to bring um to write down what the team meant to them, that season meant to them, and they were gonna read it out loud to the team and then put it in the coffee can and just burn it up as like a, a closure, you know, to send yeah. it off. They said Mike gave a poem. The most <laughs> dominant man on the team who you think is a bully or just in your ass all the time. He or came porn. with the most emotional poem. Like, yeah. how? 
And you gotta respect that because there's nothing but passion and love for the game. Yeah, and and he knew, he knew too, and I think this has a lot to do with it. I know what I'm gonna do. I know I'm gonna leave it on the floor, and they gonna have to pick me up off the floor and drag me off this floor. Are you gonna do that? Because <laughs> I know. I know they're going to literally have to carry me off this floor. Are they going to have to carry you off the floor or are you going to leave me on the floor? <laughs> like, I think because, you know, everybody knows Kobe stole the whole MJ recipe. And, you know, you hear about Kobe getting in the fight in practice and how he kind of had to do Paul Gasol because he knew Paul Gasol, you're a big man, but you ain't playing like one. And he had to get in his ass, but it was the same thing. Like, I'm gonna die on this floor. Yeah. Are you gonna walk off this floor or are you gonna be on this floor with me? <laughs> and I think it, it's it better serves your mind when you're out there giving it your all and you know the people with you are tough and gonna give it their all too. And you have to find that out for yourself. And, and then that's what makes the team. That's what that's what makes it so great. That's what makes the whole, to me, the whole document so, um, just so amazing because it showed his level of competitive, you know, competitiveness. It showed his willpower to win at all costs. And um, yeah, I'm gonna give you your ass. I don't care. I wanted to bring out the best in you. I want to bring it out. I want to see it now before we get in the in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, and and then damn Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, <laughs> damn toss your ass in the stands, and I'm out there by myself because now you <laughs> mentally checked out. <laughs> exactly. You see what him and Reggie Miller got into? Oh yeah, yeah, and but. You know, it was one of those things where I'm going to respect you if you stand up to me. If you don't stand up to me, then there's nothing for me to respect. And what a crazy thing was with Mike, he he used certain situations to feed off of it. So uh, Yeah, him, even if he had to lie to himself. <laughs> right, like saying the guy said something about, oh, yeah, nice game or something. <laughs> yeah, he never said nothing. You <laughs> took that shit out on that man for no reason. <laughs> gave him that work because <laughs> a lot you made up in your head right but that's that's the ultimate that's the ultimate uh way to psych yourself out like you got he a pro at that shit because it, i don't know if i could take myself there to make up a lie now if you really did it okay great but to flip the switch in my head to make it seem like that lie is true to the point i want to take it out on you yeah, like, I don't know. But, you know, it just – even the uh, the dream team practices, how they was like, man, they was going at each other throat at practice. <laughs> and I think that's what Mike was looking for in his team because when you playing with those ballers on the dream team, it's dog on dog. And Mike was like, man, that's the best practice I've ever had. <laughs> But you know, like Magic, Bird, all them, they come in with it. Elbows, knees, 
talking shit. And I think he wanted that from his team, which is why it probably came across as a bully. But again, all the greats have that. Like, you can turn it into that. Nobody would probably ever think Magic Johnson with the smile and the businessman was out there talking shit. <laughs> he was cussing Mike out. <laughs> and giving him that work. At the same time, Mike got caught for a foul. He's like, oh, they call that shit all the way from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, uh, where's Al Jordan at? And then he was like, for the rest of the practice, this nigga went for, for like 29 in a row. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta respect them, but even from the part of like uh, Mike with Brian Russell, like oh, people can man. say that he bullied him. No nah, man, nah. but Mike said he's been on my list a long time. He's been on his list ever since. He said, "Why don't you quit, Mike?" <laughs> yeah, and, and and the crazy thing about it, Mike fifty cent at him, like Ja Rule, like after that last <laughs> shot. You never heard from Brian Russell again. <laughs> never. Like after, like think about it. Like after that, after that shot, <laughs> you never. I don't even know what happened to Brian Russell after that game. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea what happened to Brian Russell after that game. Brian Russell now is the guy who was stumbling to his feet when Mike made that last shot. That's who Brian Russell became. The guy who was falling. What would it be without my baby head ass? <laughs> man. Like, just straight 50 cent of that man's career. <laughs> man. man, but that's it. It's been fun, partner. Been cool, man. It's been great. It's been awesome. Yes. I mean, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we had an amazing time tonight. Episode Trey. Man. Episode three. I appreciate you, TJ. I'm I love you so much, man. Oh, man. You know, love is real. Dog. You know, love is real. And uh, real quick before I forget, because this is something that I use, and I meant to mention it a while back, man, uh, on the uh, the mental health part. Like, I use the Calm app. Uh, I, I think everybody should invest in something like that, man. I use the Calm app. It's 70 bucks for a year. Yeah, a little expensive, but I spent seventy dollars on shoes. I only wear once, so and it's not because I want to wear them once. It's just they just sitting in my closet, so I can use seventy dollars for something that's helpful. So I just wanted to put that out there that uh, you know mental health is a real thing. There's things out there that can help you, uh, and I use it. I use the Calm app. I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal, man. So just wanted to really put that out there, just because it's a real thing. Okay, there it is. Yeah, man. But love you, dog. Appreciate you for, for riding alongside me for this one right here. Always and forever. Oh, yeah, man. And we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in.